Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's very harmful to look at yourself as a commodity. Is the cost worth it mm. for these procedures? Mm. Is the cost really worth it for, you know, your confidence, your well-being, your happiness? Social media is a great way to become clued up on the possibilities, but unfortunately it doesn't always outline the consequences. Mm. There are many people that can easily become addicted to changing the way they look. That's because me. it's easy to dehumanize an Insta buddy and see her as just a body type and a screen screenshot you show to a surgeon hello and welcome to the two my sisters podcast i'm renee and i'm courtney and we are your online sisters and hosts of the two my sisters podcast now we are all about promoting the wellness growth and development of a community of sisters across the world and in today's conversation we are going to be talking about plastic surgery Ooh. the pressure to be perfect body dysmorphia oh. and social media and so a little disclaimer if you are somebody who struggles or maybe presently struggling with body dysmorphia mental health issues especially concerning your body image this might not be the episode for you however we have almost over 100 episodes that you can listen to oh. so go and enjoy that we are going to be delving into some deep stuff but just doing some social commentary on why it seems like not even just bbls weight loss surgery tummy tucks vsg oh. all of the stuff seem to be on a bit of a rise these days and the relationship that social media has with that but before we get into it we have some housekeeping today that we are recording this is the 2nd of march which means in seven days aka one week our debut book is published it's publication day baby the countdown B if you've been listening to the podcast for about a year now then you would know that we have been working real hard on our debut book writing it putting it together recording the audio version and it is available for pre-order so if you want to support the girls okay and you're in the uk the us or south africa head to the link in our description which says purchase or pre-order our debut book and get yourself a copy get a copy for a friend your mom your sisters this book not only is about building community but it's also meant to be done in community so make sure that you grab yourself a copy absolutely we know that you'll enjoy it you saw us unbox it last weekend so many of you were just congratulating us as we saw the cover for the first time and we greatly greatly appreciate you so thank you but make sure that you get a copy for your shelf absolutely and for, for sure. all the ladies in all of the territories that we have not mentioned don't worry we have not forgotten At about all. you we are definitely inundated with your inboxes and reminders as to where you are hi i'm from germany where's the book <laughs> hi i'm from france where's the book hi i'm from kenya here's the book so you can order and pre-order the audiobook. In the meantime, we are working on ensuring that it is accessible and available in various other territories. Obviously, we are starting with the United Kingdom, the States and South Africa, but we'll hopefully be rolling out to the other territories soon. So in the meantime, please, please, please definitely get a copy of that audiobook. We've got some sure. extra tidbits and some and some exciting things yes. um, in there too. So and please. you may even hear your dilemma. 
because we did include you guys in the book because what is sisterhood without the sisters okay but we have another thing to announce which is huge gigantic Gigantic. enormous (laughs) colossal inserts literally literally. (laughs) so sisters around about two to three months ago we opened the vision fund which is essentially our gift to you we are so blessed to have so many sisters that have some big visions and we wanted to do something that would actively invest in your dreams and that also sorry sisters i have a cold so if you hear me sniffing it i have to bring the tissue on the camera because that was about to be embarrassing i'm screaming oh my gosh it's all about making sure that you're your best on the cabs i'm not not but she showed up and that's the most important thing there we go we're also attempting to show up for you guys as much as possible yeah but in the spirit of showing up a lot of you sisters first of all thank you so much for your applications we had close to 600 yeah we had yeah close to 600 applications of amazing visions amazing visions it's it's, yeah it's so warming we've got content creators business owners we've got folks that are investing in their family their wellness their happiness and we love to see it and honestly we wish we had enough resources to gift you all a thousand pounds unfortunately we're not there yet yeah but when we do get there heavy on the yet heavy heavy (laughs) yet but without further ado give us a little drum roll sisters wherever you are the winner of the first vision, the fund, 1,000 GBP goes to Miss Yoko Tamba. Come on, somebody. Congratulations, Miss Yoko. What a phenomenal application. Of yeah. course, everyone put a great application, but Miss Yoko, we were astounded by your vision, especially with... Um, what you're currently running, which is called the Leak Experience, yeah. which is all about giving back to Sierra Leonean girls yeah. um, and very much focusing on tackling period poverty and menstrual barriers. Yeah, We are very, very much about supporting women, especially as it pertains to gender equity concerns and period poverty is something that's really close to our heart. Mm-hmm. So we will be donating a thousand GBP to building your resource center yeah. out in Sierra Leone. We're very excited to see how that goes. We'll definitely be following and we will be in touch so congratulations sure. sis. Sure. we are so happy to be championing this work 100%. and we are so happy to be investing in this work too we cannot we actually cannot wait to see it all come to fruition um you actually have yoko has a uh, well it's l yoko it could be l but she wanted to keep it cryptic it so she- why should we put our government out there <laughs> you know so yoko babes um she actually has a gofundme link for Mm -hmm. this um project that she's working on so we're also going to put it the link in the description um the one thousand pounds is purely coming from tms like it's us giving that donation but if sisters you feel like you want to give support a good sister um please 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 head to that link in the description as well or be just under the book pre-order link and you can donate it is a registered non-profit in the u.s oh yeah we do United our due States. diligence uh, oh come on. yeah oh yeah it is a registered non-profit so if you do want to make a donation know that there is accountability and structure surrounding it but also we will maybe get in touch and keep you updated with the progress of the project because she has a big goal in mind and like renee mentioned it is going to be really impactful for many young women and also just women alike in Sierra Leone so yeah 
very much looking forward to it. And congratulations, Miss Yoko. Sisters, yeah. if you are listening to this podcast episode, please give a big round of applause and please come over and congratulate our good sis. And also not to worry if you didn't win this time yes. around. Because there will be another opportunity. There will. See you again in June. Oh, hello, somebody. Yeah. So if you felt like you missed out on the last application or uh, you missed out on the last fund or you didn't have a vision in mind and you want some time to refine it, June, we go again, baby. We go again. Another chance to send your application. You know, tune it up a bit. Give us some breakdown of some costs. If you want to know how Yoko kind of got herself Come in, on the, now. in the winning way. Yeah. Um, it was just very clear. And yep. I think for us, when it comes to vision setting, we want you to be very, very clear, very ambitious, but also very practical. Right. We want to know that this money is, of course, there are so many good causes out there. Don't get us wrong. But we want to know that you'll be responsible mm-hmm. stewards of mm-hmm. such a donation as such resources. Um, and that is all we ask. So yeah, you have some time, a couple months to think about your application, but keep it simple, keep it concise, um, keep it clear and keep it visionary. Oh, keep a visionary. I like yeah. that. See the vision, plant the vision, there you keep go. the visionary. There we oh, go. Yeah. There we yeah, go. Yeah. I think that's all the housekeeping we have. It. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, buy a ticket to our launch event. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Come and see us in London. In person. Yeah. With a good, good, good host. Let's go. Our interviewer, Miss Tolly T from the Receipts Podcast. If you do not know about her, you are missing out on some laughter in your life. Okay. So please, if you haven't already, check out the tickets come and chill with us come and get your book signed by us authors i just want to say like you don't know where the future is going to take us all and that signature could be worth a lot it might not saying it could put a deposit on a house one day one day it might not it might end up being something you put in the trash listen but but at least you could put it in the trash (laughs) (laughs) you know someone actually um had a really good recommendation that we should sign each other's books Oh, that would be so cute. romantic is that? Oh, so yeah, sweet. for sure. That's actually a good point. But if you actually want it to be signed by both of us, come to the book launch. Come to the book mm. launch. Mm. But yeah, I think that is actually it. I believe. So we're going to roll into the ding, ding, ding. Dilemma. All right. Hello, sisters. Hey. I listen to you guys all the way from Kenya. Ooh. You guys should know that you're such an inspiration and you're the big sisters I need in my oh, life. Girl. I know, it's so cute. So I'm turning 20 this year and I have been on a sort of quest of making myself better. Mm-hmm. You know, self-development and learning and unlearning certain things. Now, here's one thing I'm finding really hard to unlearn. One of the greatest lessons I ever got from you guys is that femininity is what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. That my attraction of the male gaze is not a stamp of approval on how feminine I am I get to define who I am as a woman and I don't have to depend on a man's approval to be justified however I may have some sort of trauma from high school where you were not considered pretty unless a boy say so so when we were in high school and let's just say those were not exactly my best years we well we wore hideous uniforms in some Kenyan schools plus we weren't allowed to plait our hair so plain old natural hair of mine plus my dark skin that would break out and my very round face with a pushback hairstyle let's just say not the greatest combo there was a boy who started hitting on me and I actually never believed him I would look in the mirror and wonder what is it that he sees so obviously there was the back and forth I was a Christian union leader so 
dating wasn't exactly on my cards back mm-hmm, then. Mm-hmm. So for my first two years of high school, I ignored the advances, blushed here and there, but didn't give in. But then in my third year, I decided to give him sort of a chance. He was my first kiss. And let's Aww. just say, movies lie. No, it wasn't magical. Oh. And all that blah, blah, blah. So in the process of us talking, he revealed that I was actually a bet. He had made a bet with his friends that if he could get me to hug him romantically, yeah, hugs were a bit of a huge deal, then he would get some cash prize because of how Christian I was, quote wow. unquote. But he said in the process, he kind of fell for me. Oh. So I kind of just accepted. Now that was in 2018. And yeah, we broke up. But the point is that I find myself even today, like, for example, we went on vacation Mm -hmm. and I would struggle to find a guy who seemed to gaze at me Mm. or like me so that I could feel pretty. I struggle to think that I'm enough. Now, this has affected my life because I can't literally just be in a group of new people without craving for a guy to notice me Mm. so that I can feel pretty. At the more I'd feel pretty enough when a guy winks at me or something like that. I even over obsess over a time in high school in a game called Hot Seat where a guy was told to rank me in terms of beauty and he gave me a seven. And up to date, I still wonder if he said it genuinely Mm. or just out of pity over whether I'd feel bad Mm -hmm, but then mm -hmm. sometimes when a guy genuinely likes me I find it hard to establish whether I like the guy or the attention or like I'm maybe (laughs) sorry I forgot that she included this bit hilarious or maybe it's just because of Nyash I actually feel more confident in clothes that highlight my body shape. Mm. I've never thought I'm one to struggle with self-esteem issues, Mm -hmm. but damn, help. How do I get to feel that I am beautiful enough without the male approval or attracting the male gaze? Damn. Yeah, she's been through some stuff. Yeah, baby's been through a lot, been through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that I could say to this. Let me try and structure this well. First of all, sis, like you are beautiful. I've not seen you, but I think that Expanding our notion of what beautiful is can be really, really helpful. I know that the male gaze, patriarchy, all of these buzzwords that we use all the time, both on this podcast, but also in conversations around femininity, um, can do a number on us, right? From very, very early ages and stages, especially when you're growing up, especially in that high school time, secondary school time, when you're interacting with boys. And I hate to say it, but the truth is sometimes boys can be foolish, especially around that age. And they don't know how much damage they may be perpetuating as a result of their interactions with women. And likewise, women sometimes also don't quite understand the extent to which these kind of things affect them until much later on. So I want you to know that this isn't a unique experience. Like you're not crazy. You're not the only one feeling this or going through this because sometimes we can also feel like, oh, maybe it's just something that's wrong with me in Mm. particular. Um, And this is an issue that I have to deal with by myself. And I'm the only person in the world that has gone through this. You're definitely not. And I think even when we're thinking about attention and male attention, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a bad thing. I mean, when we think about, it's something we say often on this podcast as well, but when we think about relationships and when we think about our desire to want a partner or our desire for, um, if you are heterosexual, our desire for male companionship, that's not a bad thing and it's not an abnormal thing either. I think sometimes even today, we've kind of gone to the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like, if you want any kind of male attention, then you are a pick me and you know there's something wrong with you. Mm. 
There's not nothing necessarily wrong with you. It is normal. But when it does become abnormal is when it becomes your whole world and it becomes the entire center to you. Mm. Everything you do is governed by a capacity to attract a man mm. or attract male attention. Um, and I'm sorry that this was your experience, especially your kind of like seminal experience with men to be pursued and to be chased only to find out that, you know, this person was wilding or foolish mm. is a really unfortunate experience. And as much as we can say, just overcome the experience, it will take some time, especially because it happened during that time where you're in your formative years. So definitely take your time with it. And definitely, I love the fact that you've already highlighted that this is an experience that has contributed to your worldview today, because that's already a step in the right direction, right? You've pinpointed the experiences and the moments in your life where it feels like this has contributed to the way that you interact with men um, and the way that you interact as you know a woman and even the way that you dress and all of that kind of good stuff. It's good that you know that, but in terms of how to take it a little bit further, it's very much about what does that outlining what the healing process does look like for you um, and actively looking for experiences or opportunities to overcome these traumatic events. So I find that one of the like, I don't know how much you interact with men outside of the romantic um, sphere. I don't know if you have brothers or cousins, for example, or if you have even, you know, men that are just friends. But that's also a really good opportunity to expand the scope of how you view men and how you interact with men. Um, especially because oftentimes we can seek male attention romantically because we don't have the full um, scope of male experiences, well, male-female experiences. So I definitely encourage you, if you don't have male friends already or anyone around you that's not, um, you know, in the romantic um, sphere for you to really try and pursue that, um, that's a really good avenue. And it's a really good opportunity to actually get to know men outside of that that area. Um, and I think just thinking about male attention I think moving forward and thinking about dating, this is something that I learned relatively recently or rather the phrasing, which is attention doesn't necessarily mean intention. Mm. And it can be really difficult as women to try and figure out what the difference is between both because we've been, you know, in, in popular culture, all attention is good attention. But if you are a woman of intention, then you need to be able to discern between the two. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that does take some time. I think obviously when you were younger, it can be difficult to, discern between the two but now that you're older and you've had those experiences the opportunity to really like test and really um, engage with men and really figure out is this guy giving me attention or is he showing some kind of intention to be a partner or um, pursuing me in a, ro a more intentional romantic um, manner is really really important and I think you'll be able to tell the signs um, as you go on so depending on how long it takes you to get back into dating when you do get back into dating having a very clear understanding as to what you're looking for in that sphere can be really helpful so again attention folks that may be giving you attention it may be due to your body type it may be due to um, the way that you look physically um, if you know your interactions with men are very much surrounding your aesthetics or the way that you look then you can see that that's not necessarily about intention as in intending to be your partner but very much around giving you attention because you know they're attracted to you physically or they don't have that intent towards you in a more um, holistic manner whereas men that come with attention and intention may be more um, pursuing you in a different manner, going out on dates, actually um, trying to get to know you as a person, trying to get your likes, 
your dislikes, all of that kind of good stuff and really being quite clear about where they'd like you to go moving forward. Um, so that's another thing that I would say in terms of just making it very, very clear what you're looking for when you're dating um, and also having clear boundaries when you're engaging with men moving forward. I know that it can be really tough as well because you've obviously had the negative experiences in the past. And even in terms of just repairing your view of men and repairing your view of yourself as well as being more than just somebody that is, you know, vying for male attention moving forward, having some kind of like boundaries when you're engaging with men, especially in the dating sphere um, and being quite clear around, you know, obviously you, you got, you got, you got asthma, you know what I'm saying? Which is great. <laughs> Good for you. Love that for you, girl. You better, you out here. Um, but understanding the more deeper ramifications of pursuing relationship means that the person that you pick or the person that you're engaging with also needs to be at that same level. And boundaries can be a great way of, you know, sussing out and discerning whether this person is for you. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last thing I'll say, because I have really spoke um, been out here um, mm -hmm. is again, community, like actually having you know, more experiences outside of the male attention, having female friends, going out with your female friends, doing fun things with like your family, for example, um, getting into hobbies and creative things that don't require you to think too much about how you look, but are more about, you know, you as a person um, can be really, really helpful and take your mind away from or constantly thinking, am I presentable towards men or am I garnering the right attention that I want? So really investing your time in doing the things that you actually enjoy and really figuring out who are you outside of men or outside of this romantic um, desire that you want and really focusing on building up this sense of um, community and this real sense of ecosystem mm. will be really, really helpful in padding out you as a person beyond the romantic. So yeah, that's what I would say. But that's I've, I've really strong. <laughs> that's really strong. I think that's a really good response. Um, and I echo everything you said. I think the only thing I'd add is it seems like you need to do some work as well on your self-image. And sure. it could be that you are seeking male attention. Um, and like Renee said, there's nothing wrong with wanting that. I think it's more so when you're seeking male attention to feel an affirmation, which you haven't given yourself, mm. um, or to confirm something which you're not too confident in, which is, am I actually pretty? More than just, am I desirable? But do I even look at myself and think I'm pretty? Like when I think to the way that you describe yourself in high school you know you know wearing the ugly uniform not being able to plait your hair um kind of your dark skin like I think that there's an element of having to reevaluate how you see and perceive yourself and whether you interpret what you see in the mirror as beautiful um and whether you are then seeking out male attention to give you that affirmation which you haven't given yourself just yet and so as much as it's easy to recognize okay I have these beautiful assets which may be attractive to somebody am I in love with what I see? Do I think I am beautiful? Do I think I am deserving of love? Do I just want this attention to give me some kind of confirmation of something which I am still very unsure about? And I think that's where you get an element of confidence and self-esteem when you are able to accept yourself and think, okay, I actually do think I'm beautiful. I actually do feel beautiful. Does it make me upset or, you know, bring me a bit of discomfort? at the fact that other people don't seem to be recognizing this yes but 
I do need to stand firm on the fact that I recognize it. And if you do not recognize that, I think it can do more harm than good to get other people's affirmation and attention when you haven't got a solid foundation of your own affirmation, if that makes sense. That was too much rhyming. But I I do think you need to have that strong foundation of a self-acceptance and a strong self-image and really overcome, you know, how do I feel about my skin? How do I feel about my hair? How do I feel about my body? How do I feel about... um, Um, the way I walk, talk, how do I feel about me? Um, And do I feel comfortable with the way that I look? And the more you grow confident in that, the more you're kind of like, okay, it would be nice to have Mm. somebody's attention and affirmation. And I can't lie and say that will get rid of every single one of your problems or desires for those things. But I do think it will help you to be less focused on men being the validity of your femininity or the validity of your beauty when actually you've already kind of found security in those things and in your relationship with those things and this would just be something nice and you can look at it for what it is which isn't a validation of you as a human being but actually a romantic endeavor and that's what it is it is external to you and you are working on making it a part of you but it is not all that you are and you have to see it like that these men are external of you their view of you is also external to you so don't you know see these things as projections of exactly who you are fact for fact because that's not who you are who you are is who you perceive yourself to be and so work on your self-perception that's what I'd say yeah 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 that's actually such a great dilemma in terms of the topic that we're speaking about today excellent i see what you did there cdb what can i say i'm a genius so (laughs) don't disagree i didn't i just said don't be exacerbated by my my sheer intellect and cutting agenda guys how do we throw her in the trash with that book that i'll find you right there (laughs) (laughs) because the amount of times (laughs) To work you in that thing. Anyway, <laughs> not bin partners. <laughs> so let's get into the actual conversation mm-hmm. about plastic surgery, yes. self perception, self image. Why do you feel like it seems, or does it seem to you anyway? Because it seems to me, but does it seem to you yeah. like plastic surgery and cosmetic surgeries, um, both major and minor, yeah, yeah, are yeah. on the rise? I'm not surprised. I think so tangential but i don't know if you've heard of like the buccal fat removal like transfer that people are doing now where you basically take out the fat from your cheeks to make it more defined hollow yeah yeah more hollow i think it was um what's her name leah michelle from glee oh yeah she did it well she did it recently those the folks are yeah yeah and quite a few other people have been charged with the the buccal stuff yeah 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 yeah. i think that I don't know if it's necessarily on the rise. Perhaps it is. But I think our awareness and our perception of it is definitely on the rise. And of course, again, you know, social media, all of that kind of stuff um, means that it's a lot easier to see when something has changed about a Mm. a particular person. And I think it's also becoming normalized, not necessarily accepted, but it's becoming normalized and normal to see not just like celebrities and like superstars, but we're also seeing your, I don't want to say like B-listers and C-listers, but like... It sounds terrible, but oh my god! Oh, guys, help me out. I, I don't mean like there's a hierarchy, <laughs> but I mean that people that are not necessarily super far removed from us, right? And folks even within our own community 
are now taking, you know, just a little snip snip or, you know, they're doing a little bit of fat transfer here or, you know, it's as much as we, we've we done um, an episode on the BBL brigade mm. and people are always like kikiing at folks that do these kind of procedures. It is something that has become very, very normal. Like it's not a bizarre thing to see somebody that has pursued, whether it be a major reconstruction of their features and their face and their body or um, something quite minor. I think it's become a lot more normalized um i don't necessarily think it's a bad thing per se in that i think that you know if you are the kind of person where you know there's certain things that you want to change about yourself everyone has license to do what they like with their bodies however in terms of how much we want to normalize you know changing our bodies our features and all that kind of stuff without proper clinical guidance without proper interrogation of the reasons as to why we want to change our bodies and our faces Um, I think that part is really missing for me right now. I think it's just become very, very normal to see your body as an accessory and see, you know, beyond functionality. This is very much about aesthetics and, um, you know, having those hard conversations where we tie in the way that we look with our confidence. And I think that we can go down a very dangerous road if we're tying our confidence with how much we can change our bodies and our faces, Mm. Um, especially when there are, you know, very, very high risks. And I think that there's definitely been the rise of people that are younger and younger. And I think particularly for women that are, you know, undergoing some very, very dangerous surgeries. Like when I think of buccal fat removal, um, just thinking about the implications of the aging process and how you're going to look later down the Mm. line. When I think of, you know, your BBLs or your tummy tucks and seeing, you know, folks that are as young as like 20, you know, getting back those kind of procedures. It really does make me think like, Perhaps we do need to have some conversations around tying the aesthetics, especially when you're going down under the knife Mm. um, with your confidence. Mm. And I know people will dispute the fact and say, oh, you know, I just want to change a part of myself. But the fact that it is on the rise or perceivingly um, on the rise or continuing to be normalized, I think is a real cause for concern. Mm. Which then brought me to my next question, which is why is it such a big deal? Yeah, it's a big deal because changing your body is a big deal, man. Like, (laughs) no, but actually as much as we say, oh, you know, it's just a small procedure or whatnot. This is to an extent a semi-permanent change of your body. Like beyond the way that your body looks, your body needs to function and function well. And I think that when aesthetics overtakes the conversations around functionality, that's when it becomes an issue, Mm. right? And I think there's also something to be said around the fact that there are many people that can easily become addicted to changing the way they look. And then we also need to think about like pushing and interrogating why is it so normal to change the way that we look. Beyond the whole, I just felt like it, there's always something below that right like it's not just a oh I want to feel more confident because you know I want to get this nose job and I feel like it's going to make me feel more confident okay but why and also really interrogating okay why is it that having for example a a much straighter nose makes you feel more comfortable and confident why is it you know hollowing out your cheeks makes you feel more comfortable and confident why is it having particular body shapes makes you feel more comfortable and confident Mm. and I know there is something to be said around you know independent femininity and what it means to you but we can't deny that there there is also a societal input. We can't deny there's a patriarchal input. We can't deny that there is a whole host of different inputs that contribute to this whole notion of confidence and what we find appealing. And I think especially for women, because when we talk about cosmetic surgery and plastic surgery, we often think of women. It's not necessarily a conversation that is as rampant and as rife 
within male communities. And perhaps that's my own ignorance. I'm happy for folks to come and correct me if I'm wrong. But it always feels like when we're thinking about plastic surgery and cosmetic procedures, the conversation always revolves around women. And then when I think of certain procedures that are being, you know, taken, the buccal fats, the BBLs, the all of this kind of stuff, there is something to be said around what do we as a society perceive as beautiful Mm. and confidence boosting as, um, you know, worthy of attention and desire. Mm. There is for a lot of women, the pressure to remain youthful, the pressure to remain um, aesthetically desirable, the pressure to look a certain way, the pressure to, you know, um, be perceived as a certain way because we've spoken about it in one of our past episodes, but this is actually a social currency. Being pretty and being aesthetically pleasing for um, women is currency, it's social currency. And I think that it is a shame when we take the conversation too far to the point where we have very, very young women. And to be honest, even older women, right? Because there's the conversation around aging gracefully and the pressure to remain youthful, even though, you know what, sis? It's actually okay to get old and not have, you know, have a couple of wrinkles on your right. face. And it's actually okay to not want to have to, you know, do some um, procedures like Botox and whatnot because you feel like, you know what, it's actually okay. Um, I think there's something to be said and we do as women really need to interrogate is the is the cost worth it Mm. for these procedures Mm. is the cost really worth it for you know your confidence your well-being your happiness is the cost really worth it and are we clued up as much as possible when we are making these decisions about altering our bodies in these significant ways and I think that's when social media comes into play into the conversation because a lot of what women and girls are having access to um, is what's educating them about the fact that these procedures are out there. And, right. if, you know, this is the solution for this issue or this is the fix for this insecurity. Or, you know, if you if you don't want to go down this path or you're struggling with this, um, you know, this is this is who you need to call. This is what you need to go and look for. This is what you need to go and search for. Um, and I think social media is a great way to become clued up on the possibilities. But unfortunately, it doesn't always outline the consequences mm. because it's a lot easier to come online and be like, hey, this is what I've done, but then go offline and deal with the ramifications of that choice and a lot of us have maybe seen unfold on social media people who you know after a year or two or three will come and be like I kind of regret what I did prior um even though it did feel like a really really good decision and then unfortunately it is too late for a lot of people who have also made that choice Mm. with as much ignorance as they had when they made the choice and this isn't to blame anybody this means that as content consumers or as people who may be looking at this kind of information we must ask ourselves the responsibility of dealing with the consequences is actually on us and so if we do not do extensive enough research but rather we are fooled or deceived by the aesthetic um, appeal of the results and we do not allow ourselves to really investigate what are we actually signing up Mm -hmm, for what mm -hmm, are we paying mm -hmm. for what are we risking our lives for in many cases um, it will just be us who are there to deal with the consequence and I think the conversation with social media and plastic surgery for me really is tied into the fact that these things all look great right right these things all look very you know they're aesthetic they're oh my gosh her body is banging oh my there's an exceptionalism that that surrounds it and I think from from knowing people in my real life who you know are social media content creators who have large platforms and stuff and have had to repeatedly look at themselves over and over analyze themselves kind of 
um, dissect this relationship between likes, money and their body and their aesthetic appeal, um, it can be a, like a mind, like it, it's a draining. whole mind game. So draining. It's really, it's not just da- draining. I think it's very harmful. Like it's very harmful to look at yourself as a commodity because that's what social media and the whole influencer culture kind of pushes you to do. Your body becomes a mannequin. Your body becomes a, um, poster board your body becomes a billboard it becomes something that people go to to simply gaze at and then suddenly the way you perceive yourself is through other people's gaze and how satisfying you would be to the eye whether you know symmetrically or through western european uh, beauty ideals or through um pop cultural ideals and it it becomes very it becomes more than just about what men think of you or what women think of you and more so about what capitalism thinks of you right is your body profitable right and i think that's where so many of us are getting caught up will people like me and then you're feeding your money into these things and I'm not saying this to downplay people's legitimate insecurities because I think what social media does is when it pushes that kind of perfectionism that filter culture um that you know everybody's is shaped like this and you become exposed to things which you may not have been exposed to Mm -hmm, before like mm -hmm. I did not see personally I did not see a lot of the crazy ratios that we become privy to now until I got onto social media and right. I was like wow people's waist can be that small people's Yo, bum can be that big crazy. like this is insanity it's insanity um that people can can look like this and to me it was like oh my gosh her body's banging do you get what I mean um but also when I looked at my real life uh, apart from maybe two people I could not see that kind of body represented that often as much as I was being exposed to it on social media. Exactly. And it's more so the over-representation of perfection, which is really damaging people because perfection, it's not to say these bodies can't exist and these bodies are harmful to people's perceptions of themselves. And so, you know, social media should ban, exactly ban the bodies. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, you can't, sis, (laughs) be a baddie, be a baddie. Like, please, please actually. Be a baddie. I like the content. We implore you to be a baddie. Yeah, be for real. Self. For like, real. Look at you, bad girl. I like seeing bad bees. Look at you, I bad like girl. It. Wow. <laughs> Shake it, mama. And you know what? Everyone has their baddies. Literally, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Shake it, mama. Yeah. Ooh. No, they kill me. Ooh, Shake the girls it, are baby, outside. Don't break it. <laughs> don't break it. Yeah, I like it. That's how I'll be championing my girls at home parties. I yeah, I like it. You do it. That's how our mums would would be, you know, gingering us. But at the same time, there cannot be an over-representation of that because it's not realistic. Absolutely. I love how we just brought that from. I know. Yeah, 100 to zero. Got serious real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We like it. Adaptability. Mm. But no, for real, I think the more we um, start to perceive these things as not just perfection, but also normal and the average or, you know, the standard, the more damaging it becomes for people because why should we become so obsessed with other people's bodies? Do you get what I mean? And why should why should we also feed into, and I get why, because society is coaching us into it, but right. we need to unlearn it and we need to uncoach ourselves out of it right. or coach ourselves into a different habit, which is to actually humanize the people we see. Exactly. Because it's easy to dehumanize an Insta buddy and see her as just a body type and a screenshot you show to a surgeon. Mm-hmm. I want to look like this. When actually that's a human being and whether it, 
it is surgical or genetic, Mm -hmm. you are also a human being. And so suddenly dehumanizing them and to a degree dehumanizing yourself into thinking I now need to become them is what's causing the disconnect, I think, between our minds and reality, which is that reality is everybody looks different. Right. And also reality is most people are not going to look like that. And we, like you mentioned, we've had these kind of conversations before um, on different episodes about BBLs, about plastic surgery, about body insecurity. Mm-hmm. So go and listen to that all across season um, one, two, three. But it's, it's quite sad the amount of people who are chopping it up to, but I just want to change it. Yeah. But I just want to change it. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's investigate. Let's investigate and let's get to the bottom of this. And also let's see how, how many, um, kind of subconscious beliefs Mm -hmm. are actually fueling this decision. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But one of the catch 22s I come to sometimes with plastic surgery is a lot of people are able to say, I'm doing this because I'm insecure. Yeah. I'm doing this because I am, I don't like this and I don't want to go to the gym, for example, or I don't want to go through another, you know, spell of Accutane, or I don't want to go through, um, it's just so many things I don't want to go mm-hmm, through mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of these things don't have processes. I don't want to over, um, I don't want to undersell yeah. plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery because there's a reason why it exists, which is it is a good solution to a lot of problems, which oftentimes the other way or the better way that people um, tell you to go about it is long, yeah. it's strenuous, yeah. it's tiring. Yeah. It, for some people it can be inaccessible. Yeah. Um, but also- it's just hard. Yeah. And sometimes pick your dealing, pick, you've got to pick your heart. And sometimes the hard people pick is to go under the knife. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So I find that the catch 22 is people acknowledge all of these things. And then at the end of it, they're like, yeah, and I'm going to own it and still pay for my surgery. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so how do we kind of, how do we balance? And this can, this question might not even have an answer. I'm still yeah, grappling yeah. my head around it, but how do we balance? Okay. I know that I'm doing this from a place of, insecurity mm-hmm. or fear yeah. or um self-perception issues self-image issues but i'm still going to do it anyway yeah yeah yeah. that's a hard one and to be honest i don't necessarily think there is a correct answer yeah. i think we can only again employ the usage of critical thinking self-awareness and all of these again buzzwords that we yeah. like to use but very much respecting and taking ownership for our decisions yeah. is like literally the first thing that we want to do and i think also actually dedicating yourself to exploring all options that are available Mm. to you because at least for me personally I see something like plastic surgery and something like cosmetic surgery because it can be so invasive and because it can have like the the risks that it carries and all that kind of stuff because of that kind of those those kind of factors I see plastic surgery as you know the extreme or like the last resort you know what I mean at least for me personally and I think it's again very much thinking what is your framing and what works for you Um, I think, you know, not everybody has the capacity to, you know, if you do want to look a certain way, um, especially as it pertains to like your body or your image, not everybody has the capacity to go constantly to the gym on a regular basis. Although for the folks that do actually end up getting, you know, weight loss surgery or whatnot, there will still need to be some level of maintenance. Yeah, yeah. 
it may not be as aggressive as it would have been had you not have done it, but there still is some level of maintenance, mm. much like the folks that, you know, get fat transfers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think in terms of making the decision as to whether you should pursue plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery, are you actually well informed about the risks, yeah. about what that maintenance will look like? Because I think when we um, pursue something like cosmetic surgery as the be all and end all, the catch, you know, 22 or whatever, if we are not well informed, we'll think that it will solve all of our problems right. when really the problem will persist even after the procedure. Yeah. So are you ready to deal with the problem persisting after the procedure? Mm. You need to sit with that and really understand what am I committing myself mm. to? Because every decision that you make requires some kind of commitment. And it's about choosing which commitment fits you as opposed to thinking that you can solve all of your problems yeah. immediately. Yeah. So if you do have that understanding and you are aware of the risks that they carry as well, you've actually done your research as well beyond youtube i think that sometimes as much as you know social media content creation is great as you mentioned there is an aesthetic to it there is a um a storytelling element to it there is a very calculated means as to which we present ourselves online what you want to do when you're pursuing any kind of procedure is do your research your clinical research and actually make sure that you feel comfortable if you are going to um you know undergo the knife that beyond a content creator's recommendation you've actually spoken to you know whatever surgeon you're going to or you've had the opportunity to if you can engage with people in real life And I think that that can be missing when we think about, you know, plastic surgery. It's like, oh, I want to do this because I saw somebody else get it. It's like, no, 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 no. If you have a measured approach to it, then it should be, I've consulted, you know, a multitude of different healthcare professionals. Um, You know, I maybe have also pursued therapy, for example, because that might be a great way to really understand if your perception of your insecurities can actually change or can be um, altered or somehow managed through that kind of uh, means is also really, really important. Um, And then also talking to the people that are closest to you. I think also understanding that when you do proceed with these procedures, you may not actually get buy-in from everyone and being okay with the consequences of that decision as well Mm. is really, really important. Mm. So being well-informed is like in terms of making that decision as to whether you should pursue it or not is very, very important. Um, And I think also like making sure that you feel comfortable with the decision as well, because, and comfortable with what it actually entails, because Mm. surgery is scary. Mm. Like it's not just the, for, for some procedures, especially the really invasive ones where it requires like fat transfers and whatnot. We've all heard like serious horror stories of fat transfers gone wrong, for example, or, you know, certain things not working out making sure that you are completely comfortable or at Mm. least to, you know, to a certain extent, um, you feel good about Mm. this decision is really, really important. Um, And then other consequences, if you are somebody that's constantly in the limelight, for example, get prepared for questioning. People Mm. will notice that you have changed yourself. Mm. Are you ready to deal with the consequences of that? Because I think sometimes when we see something like, um, you know, plastic surgery or whatnot, we often assume that the reactions on mass will be positive, but every decision comes with consequences. And sometimes it can be difficult if you're not prepared for it to actually deal with, you know, naysayers or Mm. folks beyond the people that are closest to you having something to say about you. So don't think that fixing this part of yourself through plastic surgery will prevent you from having negative commentary or negative affirmations from other people. I think that's like... those kind of experiences can never be fixed. If you're looking to fix yourself completely through plastic surgery, that's when I would generally say we might need to do some work because you can't necessarily fix yourself per se. And I think sometimes 
especially as women, there's this perception that we are fixers, right? That we try and make things better or we're always about enhancements and all that kind of stuff. There are certain experiences in life that cannot be fixed or cannot be prevented. Um, Naysayers and having haters is one of them. There will always be someone that disagrees with you, dislikes you. And I think that if you know, part of the a big reason as to why you're, you know, thinking about getting plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery is to be liked. Mm. You may be liked by some, but you will never be liked by all. Mm. So I think having those fundamental understandings before you pursue something like plastic surgery is really, really important. Um, can I say, you know, uh, a blanket approach to everybody when it comes to cosmetic surgery absolutely not there's so many different things that you might want to consider for example ladies that may feel you know a little bit insecure I've seen you know ladies that get plastic surgery after you know they've been pregnant and they've been trying and you know even when we think about snapback culture mm. that's a whole nother conversation to be had around sense. you know exactly in in itself and the pressures on um, women to be super women even as it pertains to being you know a mother and a carer but also looking you know, aesthetically pleasing. There are some people who have had to get other procedures as a matter of life and death, yeah. for example. Like there may be certain like features or issues with their body, which means that they actually need to get the surgery yeah. in order to, you know, live and function. Yeah. Um, so there's all of these things that you want to consider. But I think it's very much about being very well researched. It's very much about accepting the consequences and knowing what potential consequences may come as a mm. result of that decision mm. um, and really owning it, right? I think- it's good that people are now a bit more aware around their insecurities, um, but also owning where these insecurities actually yeah. stem. Like yeah. what's the root of these insecurities and yeah. understanding and being able to say beyond, I just want to do it for me. Yeah. Well, okay, why? Yeah. Um, and really understanding that and owning that as well. Yeah, I, would say. I think that's excellent. I think as a, as a afterthought that if you are somebody who not only well firstly if you are somebody who is thinking about getting plastic surgery please don't think that this is a space where we tell you no it's plastic surgery is yeah, wrong. Yeah, like yeah, you're just no, an man. insecure girl like just stare in the mirror and tell yourself you know right. a million affirmations and it's fine you won't want that bbr anymore no, you must want it, it. Do you, no me. but for real no but it's true yeah though. because sometimes and this is the kind of crux of it that i wanted to get to which is i think as my thinking has matured and i've also thought of considered getting surgery myself i'm just like sometimes you get to the point where you're just like yeah but I want it and having to also support people in my life who are like Courtney leave all this wisdom stuff and this affirmation girl I love you the way yeah, you are yeah, I don't man. want affirmation from you I, I want to see yeah, this thing yeah, changed yeah. and it's like you know what fine in your in your autonomy on your also glowing and growing journey this can also be a part of it now this isn't yeah, me yeah. encouraging plastic surgery or anything like that please do not see us as such great influences in your life that if we sat here today and we said oh plastic surgery is fine that that's now you're calling dr miami and you're saying that you're fine with it nah. that man has been making bank that man is Dr. Rich, rich. Miami. Anyway, plastic been... surgeons, shout out to y'all Yo. because I know Yo, that that for a one is hefty. Yo, oh. Uh, um, oh, hefty, hefty. But yeah, the reason why I bring that up is if you are somebody who has decided maybe I want to get therapy, we just want to make sure that you have done your research right. and you have really you know you are fully aware mm -hmm, of what mm -hmm. it is you are signing up for risks and all because just because this thing seems normalized or it seems standardized um or more accessible mm. it doesn't mean it is less dangerous exactly. so definitely do your research um but i think the the other element here is support if you are somebody who um 
wants to get surgery, get support around you. I think the the negative reactions people have towards surgery can sometimes make us think I'm going to go about surgery in a very secretive, individual way, um, which is I'm going to go, I'm going to get the surgery and then I'm going to pop up, you know, or I'm going to tell very few select people. Yeah, or I'm not going to tell anybody at all. And I think that's where it can be very dangerous. So don't let the fact that society speaks so negatively or people, you may have seen like people jump onto influencers and be like, oh my God, you got surgery. How can you do that? Listen, what you do with your body is your choice. It's, your it's not a betrayal to other it's people. I think the way you handle it mm-hmm. is where things become a bit more easy or tricky. Because if you are going to lie, people are going to backlash. You know, if you are going to be secretive and you can say, no, I'm just being private, but it's given secrecy. So I think more so, even in real life, it's. Be transparent with the people that you trust Mm -hmm. and also go through the decision making and the process itself and the journey, both the Mm post-op and pre-op with community. I think there is a place for sisters to be supportive here for you in helping, even if it's just being a sounding board, doing more research for you, um, helping you to find maybe better surgeons or asking different people questions for you putting you in contact with people who've already been through this surgery, who you can talk to about their real life experience and not just somebody who had a sponsored post. Like, I think it's important to have people around you who can really ground you in, okay, you're making a decision. You're going to need support for your Mm -hmm. mental health. You're going to need support for your physical health. You may need financial support, like actually having a conversation with people who also have different competencies, maybe in the medical field, um, in the mental health field, or people who just care about your well-being. in saying, I'm thinking about making this decision which will alter my life right. I will need your support I will need you to maybe if I am thinking am I just doing this because of insecurity do I just need to go to the gym and I'm being you know a bit resistant to do that what have somebody to soundboard off of um but no one can dictate to you what it is you choose to do and then on the flip side if you are somebody who your friend has come to you and is like yo i'm thinking about um doing surgery you know take this as an opportunity yes to affirm them and to tell them you know you think they're beautiful and stuff like that but genuinely listen and do not invalidate their insecurities or their their um, experience and their reasonings for this but be supportive be there to listen be there to also be honest and tell them you know I'm gonna do my research too Mm. maybe I'm gonna let you know like this thing does have some some serious ramifications Mm. or you know there is a chance or a risk not to scare but just to ground and to bring a level of realism um that is not just in the online space but also in real life and then you know pre-op post-op whatever be there for them Mm -hmm. just you know allow yourself to be a safe space where your sisters can be honest basically and sometimes that honesty looks like saying i'm thinking about changing this part of my body um so yeah just talk to people in your community about it and how it would affect them if you are somebody who's in a romantic relationship for example yeah. I mean mainly marriage how would that affect your partner <laughs> yeah because yeah, you're just my Not little boyfriend oh, just my little my boyfriend God. if I want to change my body abso- I'm change it yo this is so absolutely tangential I don't know if you saw on TikTok the babe that gave um, her boyfriend her kidney because he was going through kidney failure and oh. then he cheated on her Oh, maybe another episode for another That's day. That's a whole another episode Ooh, for child. That might even just pipe it Actually, no. Go back and listen to the Valentine's episode about yeah. not doing certain things without With, without legal binding legal. contractual. I want that certification. Yes, thank you. That's crazy. Yes, because you will have you to pay for that kidney. kidney. <laughs> Do they return? No, you can't return it. I don't want it. It's <laughs> even slept with her too. Can you I don't want it anymore. Oh, you processed and you've eaten with her. And I think the what is the with her. what is the street cost? The, the RRP. 
of a kidney these days. Jeez. Ask the black market. The black market, yeah. Pay that's me they, some money. Oh, child. So um, anyway, that's a conversation for another day. Sisters, we Yo. love you and we support you. Um, and we hope that this conversation has been fruitful and helpful. Um, we, we are a space and a sisterhood and a community where we want everybody to feel like they can at least talk, you know, about things and they don't feel yeah. bad. Wanting surgery does not make you a bad person. We it have these conversations all the time as exactly. well in our own friendship group. Facts. Like, oh girl, would you get a... I know friends that have had like, you know, a little nip, tuck, snip, insertion, all these things. Yeah. Um, and it's... It's actually made some of their lives really good and yeah, some yeah, of yeah. their lives really not great. <laughs> so you got to think about that basically. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's not a reflection of, you know, oh, you're super insecure. You need to do more glowing Absolutely. and growing. Absolutely. Sometimes what I wanted to say, these things are complicated. Absolutely. And so um, we just want you to have a space where you can have these kind of complicated, difficult, very multi-layered conversations. And hopefully that's the, this is the sort of space we can have. Uh, it would be nice to talk to a plastic surgeon. Or, well, maybe not a plastic surgeon. Dr. Miami. Who, nah. If you're out there listening nah. to this episode. No, thank you. We would love to have you on the show. She would. I would love to have you on go. the show. There we go. We would love to have you on the she, show. You're welcome. Speak for Come yourself. over here. I speak for us both. <laughs> Come on the show. <laughs> so job. if you haven't already, follow us on social media. We might not be friends <laughs> in the next episode. Anyway. Um, <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. We hope that you've enjoyed you bring this those scrubs. for real. I'm just telling you, if he, if he comes and he brings those scrubs. The reason why I'm, I'm a bit skeptical about talking to a plastic surgeon. Right. And somebody can play, like, definitely... I feel like there's too much bias. You benefit too much but then to have I think, this kind of conversation. But then I also think that that would be interesting though, as a means for like the sisters to really interrogate like them being a real key stakeholder, right? Yeah, them being yeah. a plastic surgeon. Yeah. Of course they would come on and be like, oh yeah, you know, things will be fine and whatnot. But I think it would be an opportunity for the sisters to be like, ah, uh, okay. If this is what you think about the procedure, then I need to actually sit down with yeah. myself and really understand. Yeah. Like, I'd be down for it if we had a balance. Yeah, 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 like somebody else who didn't have that kind of state. Maybe we just need both because on the I think on the extremities, there's the folks that are like anti-plastic yeah, surgery, yeah, yeah, natural yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, core. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. but we d- we definitely need some more balance so yeah yeah but anyways yeah, for real for real we, we hope that you've enjoyed this up. episode and that you are following the sisterhood absolutely everywhere subscribe to our youtube channel follow the podcast on your favorite streaming platforms follow us on all social media platforms at to my sisterhood but of course you can also follow our glowing and growing journeys individually the lovely lady in the green on my right is miss at renee kapuku and i am at c Barting. but it's come to my attention some of you don't know my first name is Courtney yeah everyone thinks that your name is Daniela yeah my first name is Courtney the C comes first guys no but we've yeah. heard we've seen some interesting uh, ways that ah, folks have been. what was it that somebody way? called me recently do you remember I've, was it like rainy many, or something something like that no, you've had many guys, parts on your name I want to understand why you guys don't like to name me by name properly oh no but the sisters do it's usually people in real life that's true that's, that's even the worse issue. yeah exactly rainy but I mean anyways that's a, that's a cross you have to bear Renee it's Renee one. guys Renee and it's Courtney but yeah, um, thank you. Instagram at Renee Kapuku Instagram at CD Boating follow our individual glowing and growing journeys but of course okay you can go and get the book the link is in the description you can go and support you miss Yoko the link is in the description 
then you need to check out that description box and also Absolutely. if you don't want to open it it's fine sign up to the mailing list we'll just send it all to you there you yeah? go and we'll send you glowing and growing tips articles breakdowns Everything thoughts reflections all a little it. journal for you to help you get through your week we are here for you we love you ladies we're trying we're yeah. trying we're yeah. trying real hard yeah. so if you want to try with us make sure you pick up that book you're too way yeah, too close way too close <laughs> not me i got too close in, in intimacy if you want to try with us make sure you pick up that book yeah. and if you want to actually try with us in person we've got a whole host of experiences over the course yes. of the year we are going to the united states to bali to ghana and of course south Why africa that like was that? really giving commercial <laughs> it was giving radio show anyways that's enough of us for the week yeah, ladies for real. Have, have a an phenomenal amazing week, week. And as always, keep, keep glowing, glowing and growing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm.